Welcome, gamers, to Base Barricade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I have a dude who is very, very good with a paintbrush. This man makes some incredible art. I had the honor to meet him over at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Please welcome the show, artist extraordinaire, square painter, a.k.a. Adam Shub. Adam, how's it going, my man? Good. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, so. also, I I apologize for kind of <laughs> some of the the mess back here. We've been redoing stuff in the basement and whatnot. Hey, uh, completely understandable. I mean, this may look like it's organized, but it is absolute utter chaos behind. But it me, always, dude. it always is. <laughs> you got the it game collection always, going there and whatnot, or yeah, my game collection is in a dresser mostly. Oh, like really? The, All right. Yeah, the games that are right here, I can't fit into my dresser anymore. Uh, it's yeah. full. Yeah. I know that feeling all too well. I think we all do. Oh yeah, we we definitely, do. especially after yeah. you when you come back from a convention like Portland, it's just I have so much crap now. Where am I gonna put all this? But the, but uh, to paraphrase Ian Malcolm, you find space, or space finds a way. Space finds a way. I only bought one. Well, my partner Nina bought some video game vinyl and bought me like the Ninja Gaiden trilogy vinyl for my birthday then. But I only nice. bought one thing. I bought the Streets of Rage 4 collector set for the Switch, and that was the only thing I bought at Portland. I was very proud of myself for the self-control. That's awesome. I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I didn't have that, or I had that up to a certain point, and then uh -huh. I realized, how am I get this home? So before we get started into this, I just want to let, um, let our audience know. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably going to see some really cool pieces. Audio listeners... We will be as descriptive as humanly possible. I, but, I have photos yeah. of everything too, so yeah, you can take a look at them. My Twitter, so, and my Instagram. yeah, you could probably look on his Twitter, his Instagram to to see what we're talking about. But also, I would also recommend coming on here and watching it as well. Um, but yes, so Adam, out of curiosity, I ask every new guest I on the show this catch this question: How exactly did you get into video games? Like, what was the catalyst that wanted you to play video games? Um, I played video games before like i got into them like i don't know maybe when i was like six i started with an atari 2600 but i'd already played nintendo mm -hmm. by then i had an older cousin and i remember playing like you know super mario duck hunt and like punch out he had and i remember just seeing those games but uh my dad came home with an atari 2600 and like 40 games from someone that just gave it to him at work so this is probably about like 86 so i was like four or five years old so, like, you know, Tutankhamun, Gyrus, uh, Asteroids, Combat, uh, those are, like, some of the games that I remember growing up with, Pitfall. And then um, from there, I had a Sega Master System, actually, first. I still have it. I, I, I hope it still works. But, yeah, I had a Master System before I had a Nintendo for, like, a good year or two, probably. And, like, the, the video store by me actually had Master System games for rent. So, like... You know, Double Dragon is still one of my favorite games ever. I played like the Master System version once. I have very fond memories of that. Shinobi, uh, Transbot, it's a side-scrolling shooter. And then probably by, I don't know, like 89, 90-ish, about 89, I probably got a Nintendo finally. Wow. I yeah. think you're the first person on the show who said that they had a Master System before they ever had a Sega Genesis. Yeah, it was it was very, very weird growing up. I, I didn't even really know what a Master System was. My dad just brought it home. And it was like, I knew I'd heard of Sega before, I guess. I don't know. I was so young that I was just happy to have video games. Yeah. I mean, it, 
because you were saying this for for you this was back in the 80s i wasn't around yet but for because uh-huh. i grew up in the 90s and when someone said sega my first thought went oh the sega genesis because that was right. the only machine that was like widely um advertised i didn't see any advertisements for the sega saturn and then when i found out about the dreamcast i was like oh cool that's neat and then i'm like wait what's the sega saturn you mean there was a console in between the Genesis and the Dreamcast? Oh, that can't be right. Yeah, I mean by by that point I was cuz I was born in 81. So I was already in high school and everything when when all that was going on and like, you know, the the bit wars or whatever you want to call it, the uh the console wars. I was actually lucky enough like I uh I I was always a Super Nintendo kid. That's still my favorite system. But I also for my 13th birthday my parents got me a Genesis and a Sega CD which I still have the box for my Sega CD right up there. Yeah, so I had both. Oh, the 16-bit oh you were that, era. <laughs> you were that awesome. kid. Yeah, it was really cool. So I I I I love the Sega Genesis, don't get me wrong. I love the Sega CD, even like the crappy FMV games, like Mad Dog McCree. I love those games for what they are. It's not the best system, but I enjoy it. But Super Nintendo was like where my heart was. Like I never, I never got rid of my Super Nintendo games. Like I don't know, you can see the the shelf like way back. The, that one right there that I'm pointing at. The Nintendo uh, and the Super Nintendo games are on there. All my old Super Nintendo carts, like original ones, are still there. Nice, nice. Yeah, man, that. So many kids was would be back from what what, what I can remember. Uh-huh. especially on the playground during the console wars is because I was in elementary school when all this was going on. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about, Oh, we were just happy to kind of know of someone that I even had a video game console. Yeah. That's how my, I was too. It's like the Atari and the Sega or the master system. I was just happy to have video games. That that's awesome because mm-hmm. I, the first console I ever got in my household was a PlayStation. That was like the first home console. We had game boys, but that was as, as far as my parents were going to go Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, we're just gonna buy you computer games because we had a Windows ninety five PC. We had Doom. That's how I played. See, I didn't. CD that's on it. cool. I didn't have that. My my dad was a graphic designer, and uh, so I had a Mac growing up in the nineties. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! So, yeah. So uh, eventually, I had Wolfenstein, and then eventually we had Doom because stuff came out later for it. But uh, the first like uh, computer based FPS I played was uh, Marathon. And that was um, Bungie made that, you know, the guys, they did Halo afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think everyone knows that one. But yeah, uh, yeah Marathon, they did, uh, it was a trilogy. It was Marathon and then um, Durando and then Infinity. And the first two I played the shit out of. I loved those games. So I, I eventually, I got Wolfenstein 3D, I don't know, in the mid 90s. And then like by the late 90s, like I, I was late with all that stuff. Yeah, maybe I played. I think I finally got Doom 2 in like 98 or something. Uh, d- don't worry about it because I didn't get yeah. uh, a bunch of consoles until much later. In the oh, season. yeah. yeah. We, we, you can't play everything. You can't. Nah, everything. I mean, as, as much as you want to, you can't oh, play yeah. everything. And that's <laughs> my backlog, especially today, can, is living proof that there's no way on this green earth that I could play everything unless somehow $10 million just falls into my bank account oh, magically. Yeah. I just don't have the time with like doing square painter is a full time. I do it full time. And then like, I also have my band and we're recording a record. We can talk about that too. And then I have another idea for a non gaming related YouTube channel that I want to work on. And I have to back burner that. So like 
I don't even, I barely have time to play games. Like I, I had just installed Red Dead Redemption 2 again and I sat down to play it and like, this is just too much. I just don't, I don't have the time to like dedicate to this. The game just feels too big Mm -hmm. to like get into right now. So I, I can't even like get into a game like that. I've been playing Breath of the Wild on and off since 2020. Yeah, I don't want it to end. I love the game so much. Uh, My partner has been, yeah, uh, has been asking me like, "Can you finish this fucking game already so I can play it?" (laughs) They were just bothering me last night about it. Like, I want to, but uh, I like it too much. Yeah, no, I when I got Breath of the Wild when I first bought my Switch and like the first few months the Switch was out, there Uh are times I would come home from work or I was doing stuff at home, and my girlfriend would text me on her break. She's like, "Don't play Breath of the Wild yet." I'm like why not it's my day off i want to play games i'm like why and she says i want to watch you play so oh. play play something else just let me watch i want to see the end oh geez because i actually i didn't want to see anything when it first came out we were living with some other with roommates and one of my roommates had this like huge setup downstairs and was playing breath of the wild and like i would walk by like this <laughs> literally to go to the kitchen and she's like, oh, you got to see this flying dragon dropping like huge like ice bombs at me like no 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 I, I need to experience this as like fresh as possible. Everything was a spoiler. Everything oh, really? was, you were just like, no. Yep. Yep. I didn't want it to see. I, I remember watching a little bit where they were in like the snowy area right in the beginning where like it shows you how to make like food to, to warm uh, you up. That was uh, the one little thing that I saw, but everything else was completely fresh for me. Uh, I'm up. I think I'm on like a third dungeon. I have, so I have one more to go and then it's like, the castle where you fight Ganon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, the, the, I'm not going for like all the Korok seeds and, you know. Oh, I, no. No, 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 no. Dude, there's 900 of them. And even then, it's just like, where the hell? There are My times friend where did that twice. You know, Gerard, completionist Gerard? I do. I he am well. He fucking did it twice because he's crazy. Like he told me, he's like, oh, I'm obviously going to do it once. And then like I saw him at a con and we were just talking Breath of the Wild. He's like, dude, I did it again. I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> like, you're, I don't know where he finds the time for all those games, but I don't, he's, I mean, he's nuts. Once he's the was enough. I did it twice. Once, I didn't know he did it twice. I know he did it once for his Breath of the Wild video. And I was like, cool, you never have to do this again. Why twice? He just wanted to. He loved the game so much. I can see that, though. Uh, yeah, I, I can understand. I can understand that. So yep. earlier you mentioned that you uh, you go by Square Painter. How I did do. you how did you um, start painting? How did that happen? Uh, so I started messing around painting pixels in like 2005, 2006 ish. I had a the story I always tell is that I had a, a, um, a project in college. We had to overlay a grid on like a famous painting. So I picked this man that I liked and you had to take the average color in each square. And I was doing it in like the common area of like my suite. I lived with seven other guys in college. It was fucking nuts. So I'm like, I'm working on it out there. And one of them comes in and is like, what are you painting squares, painting pixels for like one of your classes? Cause even back then, this is, you know, like I said, 2005, I had my super Nintendo, up there and like i i you know we i was the one that always loved the retro games and stuff I mean, we had like a playstation and an xbox in the the front room so everyone knew that i loved the retro stuff and they're like oh yeah of course you'd be painting nintendo games for a class i'm like that's not a bad idea so i uh i found some sprite rips of mega man and i drew a grid and i painted mega man that night and i still have it it's like mega man in like six different poses 
I still, mm-hmm. I found it. It's, it's still in my parents' house. Painted terribly. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So like, I, I started back then. Nice. Nice. So you already had a love of painting beforehand, and then you just got this idea from your roommate saying, "Oh, you're just painting." Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Love of art in general, and then like you know, I, I was really by then like oh five, like the retro gaming boom was already starting then. So mm-hmm. like I'd already I'd seen other people that like had done pixel paintings. So shout out to my friend Ryan Barrett. He goes by Pixel Art Paintings. Give him a follow on uh on Instagram. You know, he's a super good friend of mine. He he started doing this in like 2004. So I remember seeing like his art and like some other people's online, like while I was doing this, like, oh, other people are doing this too. That's pretty cool. So it just like, it became a thing. I just messed around with it for a couple of years. And then like I stopped for a while and then some friends encouraged me to get back into it. And I did like my first art show in like 2009 when I was living in New York. So in like Brooklyn and Manhattan and Queens, I was doing art shows everywhere. Then by 2010, I started getting into conventions and whatnot. Okay. And wow. So you've been, you've been doing this for well over like 10 plus years. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been doing, um, like I, I, I didn't even have a, the square painter name until like 2009. I picked that 08, 09. I think I needed a name for like the first art show that I did in 09 was mm-hmm. with like an old friend from high school who I, I still do art shows with. He's like, Oh, I need a name for what you're you for your art for the show you're doing and i was like oh i was kicking around like all right square painter we'll just use that and it stuck so that's what i use <laughs> that stories like that just make me smile all right. it's like you, make you smile well because you have it like because how we so just a little backstory inside baseball how you and i came into contact before uh, portland retro gaming expo my girlfriend was just like looking through all the vendors who were gonna be at portland this past uh-huh. year and she was like she found your booth just square painter looked you up on instagram showed me your art and i was like yo that's like really cool oh. and then i I see the name square painter i'm like man this that's actually a really cool name that you must have the fact that when that names have just like the simplest of origins it really and didn't more, have much or, of an origin at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or, about. or not the simplest. Let, let's say the, the humblest of origins. Yeah. Because I see a name like that. It's like, oh, they must, they must have put like a lot of thought into that because who knows how many other square artists or pixel artists there are out there. And he's like, ah, uh, I need to be different. I need to do this. Uh, da, da, da. Square painter. Yaha. <laughs> and it was just, and to find out that it was just like, oh, yeah, square painter. Let's go with that. And it's, yeah. Let's go with that. And it's stuck. And uh, people started like it. It just I started using it for the art shows, and yeah, it stuck. And then you know, once I started doing cons, you know, every every content creator has like their moniker, you know. Yeah. So that that just stuck because when I when I got into the convention scene, everyone just started knowing me as that, and I've been doing it for so long. So mm-hmm. why not? So out of how, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. how many conventions a year would you possibly would you do? Uh. Well, in the before times, before COVID, it was the height of it, man, 10 to 12, usually. Oh, wow. 10 to 12 cons a year we would do. Um, my partner, Nina, they uh, they do amazing horror illustrations, too. They go by Tiny Ninja, if you want to look them up, too. Uh, so we do all the shows together. But, yeah, we would we would travel to a lot of cons together. Uh and occasionally I would do a show by myself or Nina would do a show by themselves. So we would travel to those. And then uh, post COVID 
we're I don't know, usually doing like five to six. A lot of smaller cons kind of fell off. You know, they weren't able to come back. But, you know, there's there's the big ones like MAGFest and like too many games in Portland. Mm-hmm. Portland's yeah. the one that we fly out for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I've done, I don't, I don't even know, 200, maybe more conventions. I've done a lot. Oh, yeah. I still have oh, all my badges from all that, of them. Yes. Keep, yeah. keep them. That's like, a, oh, yeah. Keep all that's the badges. Like, keep all the badges that's like no pun intended that's like a badge of honor it's like look at all the conventions i've been to yeah i i uh we we bought this house like over a year ago and we're still unpacking and uh the majority of my badges are still in a box in the basement all the newer (laughs) ones are like down in like this Uh area that i have here oh that's awesome yeah so going to your paintings Uh what i have two different questions for you and they might hope they might be the same answer but what is your favorite game to paint and what is your favorite era opinion? Because I know you do 8-bit, you started doing 16-bit stuff, but uh, looking through a bunch of your Instagram posts most recently, it's been a lot of 8-bit and Game Boy thing and Game Boy games. Uh-huh. So first question is, what's your favorite game to paint? This one right here, which I just happen to have. You're going to see a one in progress if you guys follow me on social media. Oh, Earthbound. Yep, my favorite oh. game ever. So you guys get to see this in progress. I still got to finish painting the little house and then do the grass and then it's just clean up from there. So yeah, so the Saturn Valley thing, this is on a 16 by 20. So Ooh. yeah, I've been working on that. So uh, I love, the like, 16-bit is my favorite era of video games. It just takes that much longer to paint, uh-huh. especially with like just capturing the nuance of it and then mm-hmm. taking a lot, because a lot of the color, the way it was displayed on the screen, wouldn't translate well to a painting. Because it looks weird mm-hmm. when you blow the sprites up, so I have to do a lot of col- recoloring. Eight bit is just like since I'm doing this as my job, I need to constantly be producing art so I can, right. you know, keep food in the fridge. So, uh, you know, I could do eight bit paintings. Like here, I have here. You can see another one. No one's seen this one yet. I have a nine by twelve of just you know Mario and Luigi giving the peace sign. Yeah. So this is like some sprite edits because those aren't actually from the game. You know, from like mm-hmm. Mario three, they never face the camera and do the piece. So yeah, that that's some uh, some editing, but yeah, the the eight bit is uh, I could do way quicker. So okay, I have such a system down that I can just knock those out, and I have literally have hundreds and hundreds of uh, designs on my computer. But yeah, I I love doing sixteen bit. It just you know it takes that much longer to do. Mm-hmm. So okay, so let's what? So your favorite game? It so I Earth, assume, Earthbound so 16, is my favorite game. Yeah, so Earthbound is your favorite game. I'm trying to remember the second question. So sixteen bit is your favorite era to paint. But unfortunately, it just takes too long. It just takes too long. Exactly. Yeah. I just, uh, uh, yeah. There's, there's so right. many Super Nintendo games that are uh, that I would love to get to to paint. I have a whole bunch of ideas from uh, Demon's Crest that I would love Ooh. to get to. Okay. I love the pixel art from that. And uh, I've never done a painting from Super Castlevania 4 because the graphics are a little weird for that. Again, when mm-hmm. you blow it up because it's an earlier Super Nintendo game. And mm-hmm. like, I should just do something from that already. Uh, what's so what do you let's say you're tackling a 16-bit project what mm-hmm. exactly is the process because i because when i see the obviously i'm a consumer i'm i see i don't know what the process is i see mm-hmm. this at cons i see this on your instagram it's all finished and it's all done i don't know what goes into it because i because <laughs> when i see stuff like that i think oh they just take that and they just somehow make it bigger but the fact that you said there's a little bit of editing oh. to it, you there's a little bit more nuance so how, what is the process to make something like your earthbound piece into reality? Oh God. Okay. I do everything in Photoshop first. I build okay. everything out. So I have endless, uh, sprite rips, 
level maps, uh, screenshots from games. Shout out to uh, VG Maps, uh, VGM Museum, and Spriders Resource. I think it's the same group that runs all three. Those three sites, I wouldn't be able to do my art because it's all like one to one pixel ratio stuff. So I have all that, and then I'll just come up with an idea. So I'm like, oh, I wanted to do the phase disorder from the end of uh, Earthbound. I actually painted a version of that, a big three foot by two foot, like 12 years ago. And I've always wanted to revisit it now with like my new skills. So I will, you know, I, I will physically put every single sprite in, uh, in the scene. And I, I have like, uh, my Photoshop file will be like literally working at the pixel level, how many pixels high and wide it is to fit on this one's like a 1620. So I have a whole math system for that. And I lay everything out. So I know exactly where everything is going to be first. And I get all my, my colors laid out. I know how I'm going to mix the color. I get everything done. And then from there, I will grid out the canvas. I'll box off areas like, okay, here's the phase disorder. Here's where the four kids are going to be. Here's where, you know, the Mr. Saturn's are. Here's where Dr. And Donuts is. And then I'll just grid. And then everything is all in relation to one another. So if your pixels are off, it throws off the whole painting. So you got to be really super meticulous when you're laying everything out, make sure everything's perfect. And then whatever the darkest color is, 99% of the time it's black. I'll just use that drawing, like, you know, painting like the outlines of the characters, get everything laid out. And then I just start laying in layers of color from there. And then, okay. uh, you know, just doing like probably around like at least, at least three coats of paint for, um, for each, for each, uh, character and everything. And then we'll go back and clean up lines. And, um, you know, like now on this one, I have to do the, uh, the lightest green, for that so once i lay that in then i'll have to like go back and clean up like all the characters and stuff and just get it all nice and neat and then uh spray varnish it when it's done nice yep. so how long okay so going off of your um your earthbound project how long would you say like how many hours can you guesstimate that you've put into that that everybody one asked alone? me this i, I don't <laughs> i'm sorry i'm one of those no no, no 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 it's fine it's fine that's like it's a it's a question that I, you would naturally ask i i don't know 20 30 it's because like i i had like the i have so many designs banging around on my computer so this one i probably had the layout for years on my computer i'd go back i'd fix it and then finally when i get to it and i'm like okay let me just start laying it out so from the time of like me painting it to now i've put at least uh uh, at least two days i'm working on anywhere between like 16 to 20 hours i put into it already oh wow so yeah about more like 16 Okay. Okay. So now follow up question, and you probably get this asked a lot too. What was your quickest project? The one that you're like, huh? I didn't realize I got that done that fast. Uh, any of the ones like, uh, um, like the little six by sixes or like five by mm-hmm. seven paintings, I could I could knock those out in like two hours or so, depending on the color. If it's an eight bit, neat. Yeah, yeah, I can get those done pretty quick. Between anywhere between you know two three hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so right now I'm just like scrolling through your Instagram because I'm just mm-hmm. absolutely enthralled. Thank you uh, by all of your pieces. Because of course, when when my girlfriend showed me your artwork and when I was talking when I met you at Portland, I was still upset. Not not the fact that I couldn't buy a painting, but the fact that I couldn't get a painting home with me safely due to I know my that feeling. Well, <laughs> I, it's tough. Uh, I had to take all that home and I had to put it on the plane too. So I had like my giant rolling carry-on bag or not uh, or one I, that I had to check my giant bag, I would mm-hmm. pack everything in the middle and like, I would like bubble wrap it. And then I would literally just pack it in the middle of my clothes 
So I had one casualty. I had a River City Ransom painting that had a slight tear in it. It's fine. I fixed it. It's on my shop. You could buy it for a discount on there. I have photos that it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little rip that I fixed. So yeah, there was just one casualty with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at like your Sonic the Hedgehog one where he's like next to the sign. It's like, I want that. Also the uh -huh. Final Fantasy one, Black Mage. Um, and you even got games from like licensed games like Darkwing Duck and Batman. Mm -hmm. But out of curiosity, do you have a painting that you know is like a super deep cut that not even that not a lot of people would probably recognize? Um, there's a lot that I want to do. I have to straddle the line between painting stuff that people know mm -hmm. and um stuff that'll sell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the or rather like stuff that I want to paint or rather stuff that will sell, you know, the recognizable stuff. I, Vice Project Doom is one of my favorite NES games. And there's a cutscene where like the main character has got his gun out and it just says, come on, boys, let's party. And I think that's hysterical. <laughs> like, I just I would want that on a shirt. Like, come on, boys, let's party with this gun out. And I, I would I would paint that. And if it didn't sell, I would just keep it for myself. But like, mm -hmm. I got to really like plan out, literally plan out like my hours to the day of the day mm -hmm. of like how much I'm going to be able to produce for the day versus how much I could sell and how much money I'm going to get from it. Oh, we got guests. My cats, my cats are oh. the cameras in the back. We got two of them running around. Oh, so I got two cats as well. I completely understand. Awesome. They're the best, but yeah, uh, I, I, I would love to, I would love to be able to paint like really obscure paintings. I, I love when, uh, when I get commissions for weird stuff, I, uh, I, I paint skate decks and I had a commission to paint a uh, wall street kid on a skateboard a few years ago. And I, they were like, would you paint this? I know it's kind of weird. I was like, absolutely. I'm hyped as fuck to paint this. Like, oh, that's I would awesome. never even think to paint wall street kid one and two, like on a skateboard and three, like you're commissioning for me for this. Like I fucking love this idea. I am all about it. So if you want something obscure that's within the realm of reality, don't ask me for something mm -hmm. from like a PlayStation three game that just okay. doesn't work. But yeah, it's just any, any, you want something from like Shikan the forever man on Genesis. I love that game. No one likes that game. Uh, I never even know. heard of that game. Oh, that game rules. It's really hard, but once you get used to it, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. No, I was, gonna ask you because when you said um like oh come on boys let's party that just like random quote like a big thing when i was you might hear one of my cats over there sorry they're like, hey, it's fine it's what they do that's what they do because what i remember back in like i don't want to say the olden days of the internet but do you remember all your base belong to us of course of course actually uh my brother had texted me recently he's like why haven't you painted this yet like, <laughs> you I haven't should. painted it yet I haven't. I actually the oh, same wow. size as the Earthbound on the sixteen twenty. I have the guy's face cropped, and just all your base is uh -huh. underneath it. That's all it says. It's just all your base. Like I should just paint it already. I was about to, and uh -huh. then I got a, a commission came in or something, and I wasn't yeah. able to do it because like I, it, I, I have so many paintings started. I have like three canvases tucked back there, bigger mm -hmm. ones. Like I, I started a big twelve by thirty six of um from link to the past where you're walking up to get the master sword. And there's like the little animals that are running by. I, I started that and I painted like an in progress shot months ago. And I still have people hitting me up. Like, where is that Zelda piece? Like, dude, it, it just, it happens so much. Uh, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll be working on a piece and then something comes in and I'm not able to, but all your base, I'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cause I was, cause when you said like random 
uh, or just like random text or random things from games that maybe not people understand. Obviously, that was that that basically of all your base was everywhere. Yeah, right. That, that that's an internet meme. So yeah, even that, it's an not, internet meme. Yeah, even if you're not really even familiar with video game retro games that much, you're still going to get it just from crazy internet culture. Yeah, like I bought it because there's a, a brewery out in Arizona that I absolutely love going to. They're called 8-Bit Ale Works. They're, they make all these video game-inspired beers. Cool. And, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, and I went to uh, – last time I went was in 2020 before everything shut down. Cool. And they had a T-shirt that says, all your brews are belong to us. Huh. Instantly bought it. And then just recently, I want to see a few months ago, when Nintendo said, hey, here are some new games coming to the Genesis collection on the NSO – Guess what's there? Zero Wing. I turn right, it on. That's from Zero Wing. Yeah. yeah, and I see the meme IRL, and I freak <laughs> the f out. And I actually, it's actually a really fun shoot 'em up. I was going to ask, like, is it a good game? I actually, I enjoyed it. I didn't right. get super far, but I was like, the fact that I could finally play this game, right? And see it. it's been a meme forever. People have been referencing it ever. Every time I see an all your base reference, I get a little giddy inside. Oh, of I'm course. like, and now that I see, it, it's like, oh. I could I could finally play the game it's from because right, I knew right, right. it was from a video game. I just forgot which one it was. Now I know. And it was on you said it was on the Genesis Mini? No, it's on the Genesis NSO. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I have the ROM for it because I wanted to get that screen cap. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that it's a pretty good shooter. Like the, the Genesis is like amazing for, for shooters anyway. There's so many good oh, yeah. ones. Yeah, like when uh like when uh whatchamacallit the nso when Jess when sega and nintendo came out with the genesis for the nintendo switch uh-huh. i was looking at most of the game collections i'm like eh, i have all those games already on my mini i have all, most of those games but not musha i want to know what musha is it's a uh-huh. fantastic shooter and i'm like oh, oh yeah I've, I've played it on an emulator before it's not worth whatever stupid price it goes for these days but uh yeah it's it's a fun game it's a fun shooter my my it, favorite uh shooter on uh on genesis is uh raiden tread that's an early release you ever play that one i actually have not been much of a shooter guy for the sega genesis mostly what i've been playing when i play my minis is Uh i'm i'm a i love sonic the hedgehog so hey of course i'm wrong of course i'm playing sonic the hedgehog i I got a genesis mini 2 for christmas so i'm playing sonic cd which is my favorite sonic game of all time me too me too i fucking love sonic cd because like i said i had a sega cd growing up sonic cd is amazing that soundtrack is incredible hell yeah oh i did a um a 12 by or a 10 by 10 painting of sonic with amy because that was the first time she appeared in a game with some heart Uh Uh if you go through that that uh yeah i i love that i've never beaten it to the point where you get the good futures for everything because you got to go back to the past and destroy yeah. the machines before Robotnik takes over. Yeah, it's like I've never been, two... never been able to do that for all the worlds, but I've beaten the game before. Oh, I unfortunately I hadn't I wasn't able to beat the game until 25 plus years later and I beat it on my phone. Oh jeez. Yeah, I it was probably like I beat it like a year, maybe like 95. I was probably like 14. No, nope, I I was well in my late twenties when I finally beat Sonic CD. Hey, that happens. I, I I was 
24 years old when I finally beat Legend of Zelda on Nintendo, and that was on an emulator with a walkthrough because I just never beat it as a kid. We can't all get to everything. Oh, no. Hey, I have no – I will give no shame. I will throw no, no shade no, when, people need, when people need to play – I'm playing the virtual Final Fantasy, like the, the PlayStation Portable version on my Vita. Uh-huh. I'm using a walkthrough. I oh, am. Yeah, I do not – I do not have the time I'm to playing, like go um, through it organically. No, no. I'm playing uh I just beat like I love the original Dragon Warrior on Nintendo. That's like what got me into RPGs. You know, you got it for free with Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that did you know about that? That was a giveaway back I, then. I actually I actually didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, just to get kids into RPGs in 1990 if you if you subscribe to Nintendo Power, they gave you a free copy of Dragon Warrior and like all this extra shit with it. It's really cool. So I had it back then, and that's how I got into it. And then I played Summon Dragon Warrior 2, and I'm playing the third one now, the uh, the re-release on the Switch with, like, mm-hmm. updated graphics and stuff. It's a fantastic game. It's the first time I played Dragon Warrior 3. But every dungeon, I am using maps and, like, <laughs> walkthroughs. Like, no, 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 I'm up to some – I'm in a pyramid or something, and there's traps uh-huh. everywhere. Like, no, 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 I'm not dealing with this. Tell me which way no. to go and where the treasure boxes are. I'm not – Yeah. I'm not fucking around. Yeah, one of the so one of the games I'm playing now on my Justice Mindy is Crusader of Senti. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's like it's like a Zelda game, right? Yeah, it's essentially yeah, the yeah. Genesis version of Zelda, but it's not a Zelda, but it's kind of like a Zelda. It's really uh, expensive, right? That's one of the big yeah. ones. Yeah, 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 one of the reasons one of the reasons why I'm so glad my best friend bought me that sucker is because it has it on there. I'm like, cool, I don't oh, have to spend yeah. hundreds yeah. of dollars on it. I'm all uh, for yo, know, if it's an expensive, fun game, just emulate it. Everybody should emulate Little Samson. Don't don't pay that price. <laughs> Experience that game. Don't pay two thousand dollars, whatever stupid shit it goes for. Yeah, so yeah, I'm all for it. But Crusader Senti's good. Yeah, I'm I'm loving Crusader Senti. Hell yeah. I I'm, I've been jumping back and forth between a lot of games because, as you said, mm-hmm. there's too many games. Uh, the backlog is never the backlog is never going to get finished. I have been mm-hmm. like I haven't gone out and gotten Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core for the PS5 because I got Sonic Frontiers and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet during the holidays from a birthday and for Christmas. Yep. And even now it's like tales of Symphonia remastered is coming out. Not only that, there's a bunch of other games like, like Metroid prime at the time of this recording, the Nintendo direct just happened this week. Right. Right. Metroid prime remaster. I never, played I've Metroid never prime. I'm, I'm curious to play it. Oh, I've been, I follow a bunch of other gamers on Twitter and they are saying the remaster is amazing. Really? Awesome. They're saying it looks hear. so good. And I'm like, yes, I'm just, cool. I'm, I'm, but I'm a physical guy. I'm waiting to until the physical release comes out at the end of February. Mm-hmm. But I completely understand that just doing a guide, just using guides, or just like pointing to right. Really, I use the reason I why I use a guide is just so I know where to go and I'm not lost and just roaming for hours. Because that, that was one of the things that was one of the things that actually got me to stop playing some games when I was a kid because mm-hmm. I didn't know where to go. Oh yeah, that was that was like so much of the. Uh of like this so many nintendo games were built mm-hmm. around that but then like you, you you know i i hated like the friday the 13th game growing up and then like i learned about it later on and like how to play it and, like oh this game's a lot of fun once you know how to do it or like goonies 2 on nes like, that game again it's it's like a mind fuck like you don't know what the hell to do unless like you have a walkthrough and you learn it and goonies 2 is great i love that game so yeah, a lot of the old, a lot of them. I mean, yeah. come on, like with look at James's old AVGN episodes. Like, how many times does he say like, "Oh, this is a where the fuck do I go" kind of game? You know, that was mm-hmm. so much of 
you know, the NES games we grew up with. Yeah. Or even when I was a kid, I would my the first Metro game I ever played was Metroid Fusion for the GBA. I loved that game, but I got stuck because I didn't know where to go. I must have just like completely skipped all the cut the dialogue because the uh-huh. dialogue in the game does give you a general direction. It's like, hey, go that way. And then you explore the area. Mm-hmm. I skipped it or I just must have just gone over my head because I'm trying to get I hit a wall. I don't know where to go. I sell my original copy and I'm mad about it years later. And then I finally get it back. I replay it. Oh, my favorite Metro game of all time. Yeah. I absolutely. Simon Super Metroid's great. Uh, Samus Returns on the 3DS is an amazing remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I absolutely love Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread was my game of the year for 2020. For 2020. That was the one that came out on the Switch, right? Or excuse me, 2021. Yeah, that was when that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have it. I, I haven't played it. Uh, Metroid was a series that I never played as a kid. Uh, I rented it or I borrowed it from friends on Nintendo or played it at a friend's house. And it was fun. I just didn't know what to do or where to go. So when yeah. Super Metroid came out, my brother, it was everywhere in Nintendo Power. Like they had walkthroughs, there was comics, it was like front and center Super Metroid. My brother and I did not care at all. Like we don't, Metroid is just a series we don't care about. So I'd never played Super Metroid forever. I, I finally played it when the Super Nintendo Mini came out a couple of years ago. And I see the genius of it. I just hate that X and A are like shoot and jump. That the annoys jump. the hell out of me. Like the X X button is shoot and like A is to jump on the controller instead of Y uh, and B. Like that uh, drives me, that annoys the crap out of me. But otherwise, it I can see why everyone says it's a 10 out of 10. I haven't beaten it yet, but yes, Super Metroid yeah. is, a, is a wonderful game. Yeah, I think I switched the buttons because there is an option in the game. Like in the- well, there is. Uh, yeah, there's a way you can like map the buttons to your preference, but I do okay. completely understand that that is annoying as all hell. Yeah, X and um, A are like supplementary buttons. Y and B are always like jump and shoot. Y is shoot, B yeah. is jump. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't switch those. Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, for me, Metroid's most annoying feature was the wall, or Super Metroid, I should say. It was the wall jumping. Dude, that, I actually got stuck on that when uh, because I'm, I started a new game, but the furthest I got was where you get to the tunnel and there's the cute little animals and they show you how to do the wall jump. I never could get that down. That's the furthest I've gotten. I must have wasted about 20 minutes on that one spot. And I even paused the game. I I took because I was also, I was trying to pseudo speed run it because uh-huh. I was I was watching uh, the way I was playing it. I was watching players like go to certain areas, you know, try I want to try and get all the items. I unfortunately did it because at one point there's one where you had to really pixel perfect, get the right jump and move a certain way so you could get a yeah, missile yeah, tank yeah. at that point i was like you know what f it i'm almost done playing to beat this game i want to get to fusion so screw it. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go to the end without 100 uh-huh. percent items but that i was like watching youtube videos i was trying i was reading walkthroughs on how to do the proper jump yep. how to do the wall jump and i'm just like why is this so difficult because the wall jump in return to samus on the 3ds is not that difficult uh-huh. the wall jump in metroid fusion is not that difficult even in metroid dread when I, I when i finally figured it out it's like hey this is a lot easier than super metroid i get to what everyone says is the best of the best the crown jewel of the metroid franchise and that stupid wall jump maybe one rage quit so goddamn bad. I, I did rage quit from it i i watched a bunch of youtube videos on how to do it and i wasn't able to get the timing down at all and yeah like i there's old nes games like like batman on uh on nes has some of the best wall jump mechanics in like any game you know you just 
you like be against the wall and just hit jump and you jump, but it uses like, it's like a physics engine of like his weight to it. So you can really nuance how you jump back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe that's just so like tattooed in my brain that I was able to like disconnect of doing a wall jump in a different game with that. But I, I will go back and revisit it. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that, uh, no. that had that much trouble. With, I think uh, stupid wall jump. Yeah, I think that almost every other retro gamer I've talked to about Super Metroid, because I do agree Metroid, uh, Super Metroid is the crown jewel of the Metroid franchise. It's not my personal favorite, but I do uh-huh. agree that it is one of the best games ever made. Uh-huh. But that wall jump, is, and the second I mentioned the wall jumping, every single one just kind of clicked and goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah that. fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, every, everything else seemed very fair of like, okay, I'm lost. I need to go back look at all my items that I have, look at the map, and then I'll be able to figure it out. And whenever I did that, I took a step back. Then it's fine. It's very fair. Like, okay, oh, cool. I missed this and I should have done that. And, uh, you know, any boss fight, like, you know, fighting Kraid, he killed me a couple of times. And I'm like, all right, let me just see his pattern. And then he was easy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was the one thing to do. I, I will eventually beat it. So nobody get mad. There's always oh, someone no. that's getting, how could you never play this game? <laughs> Gamers get mad easily. Yeah, unfortunately, they do. I mean, yeah. there are times I get mad, but then as I try to, I have to remember, like, calm down. Yeah, I, know I mentioned, I, I mentioned something about uh, the new Zelda being like because it's seventy dollars, and I said something about like, oh, Super Nintendo games were seventy bucks years ago. I don't know. This was just the other day, and now I'm still getting replies on my Twitter of like, how could you? Like, I don't care. Whatever. Just, I mean, Twitter I'll is not honest. the real world. No, it's not. I no. I do agree. The new Zelda game, the new Switch <laughs> Zelda game, being seventy dollars. Uh I'm pretty sure they're they have they put enough content in it to bump it up an extra ten from regular Switch MSRP games. Yep. I, I mean, mean that's the what the and stuff like that. It's a triple A tier game. It's it's not the end of the world. It's not yeah, the end I mean, of the world. We're all still gonna buy it. Yeah, I I'm gonna be guilty of it. I'm gonna buy it day oh, one. Yeah. I I mean I'm not the the happiest about it, but at the same time, no, no, like, I'm not. Know, I mean. I mean, it's another ten bucks, but come on, it's like this yeah. is the first time we've had to deal with this crap. No. I mean, I remember when games were fifty dollars, and people were like, "Oh, it's so expensive." And then, because I remember a time, my dumbass, like, you know, I'm a kid. I go to the store with my parents, with my mom, and I see prices, and the ones that were always ingrained in my brain were like PlayStation games were forty dollars, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Game Boy games were thirty. 30 and then the gba games were 40 and then it went to 50 and i was like uh i don't know that's too that's really expensive uh, my dumbass never really got those catalogs like the old toys r us catalogs with the sega genesis games and everything when they were in their prime mm-hmm. seeing how much super metroid since we're on super metroid mm-hmm. how much super metroid was back in 1990 whenever it first came out that was like 94, 94 yeah 19 yeah. yeah 94 for 80 dollars yeah back then that's well like a count for inflation that's yeah. well over a hundred bucks probably more than that probably 80 now i'm saying maybe like what it is 100, yeah. 170 or something like that 160 yeah i remember chrono trigger being like 90 dollars. final fantasy yeah. 3 6 whatever was around that too yeah uh i remember um you ever play ninja warriors on uh on super nintendo it's expensive I, now it was expensive back then that's my favorite mm-hmm. brawler i remember renting that one and i love that game and I wanted to buy it, and I remember seeing it at Babbage's all the time for seventy five bucks. And I'm like, even then, I'm like, I don't want to pay seventy five for it. Oh, so games were expensive like that back then too. Whatever, we'll pay for it. It sucks. Yeah. Nintendo's yeah. a green billion dollar company. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I do remember the one time, like my biggest 
or not my biggest regret, but one of the things where I should have bought it when I saw it at like MSRP was Pokemon Soul Silver. Uh huh. My dumb ass, because I kept seeing it at Target. Like it was still at Target for a good long while, even after it came out. It was, Which, so it was like a what year and a half. Was that for uh, the Nintendo DS? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It. Yeah. So, because Pokemon Silver is my favorite Pokemon game of all time, mm-hmm. I'd argue it's one of the best Pokemon games of all time, and. It was at $40, and of course, my dumbest is like, oh, it'll go on sale eventually. We've all made Sub- that mistake. We've <laughs> Sub- all done that. Essentially, uh, future me, which pop in, is like, surprise, bitch, no, it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it now, or because you know how much that's going to go for the resale, the future CIB? And I yeah. Am- <laughs> yeah, I mean, worse. I, yeah, I remember uh, my, I still have my original copy of Earthbound. I have my, my cart and my guide. The box got thrown out. I actually bought that from uh from blockbuster video like because i wanted the copy yeah what happened was my brother and i rented it we loved it so much and then i went back and i asked him at blockbuster oh can you look up the copy that i rented on my parents account and sell it to me in hopes my game will still be like my game save will be on there and it was and they sold it to me for like 20 bucks or something back then but i remember earthbound being clearanced out at like kb toys or whatever toys r us like bins of them for like 25 dollars you know, and I, I, yeah, I mean, you didn't have a collector mindset back then. No. I was like, I was kind of sad. Like, oh, no one knew what Earthbound was. Like me and my brother and like, you know, my cousin were like the only ones that liked the game back then. And then, you know, when it, it started getting popular, you know, when Smash came out, everyone's like, oh, who's this Ness character? But uh, one, one of my, uh, one of my collector friends, he, um, I think he said he was working at KB and uh, when Shantae for the Game Boy Color was like, I remember him t- him telling me there was like a bin of them just being clearanced out for like a dollar ninety nine each. And yeah, you know, Shantae is like super expensive now. Even the cart is like hundreds of dollars. He could have gotten like stacks of factory sealed ones for nothing. He's like, uh, even back then, he's like, I should, I should. What? What do you got? Oh, for the Switch, is that hard to get or something? Um. So yeah, this is from Limited Run. I don't. I wouldn't say it's super okay. hard to get, but it's annoying to get. Uh, gotcha. I got this and Risky's Revenge because Best Buy had them. Cool. Like this is like so. Audio listeners, I have my my physical copy of Shantae for the Switch. It has a, a black border around it, and it ha- it still has the original Game Boy art on it, but it has like Limited Run on the bottom. Is that and like a harder variant or something? It's kind of, it, it was a Best Buy variant, and that's gotcha. what they called. Yeah, that's what they call it. I was just mm-hmm. scrolling on Twitter one day, and someone and one of the people I follow on Twitter said, "Hey, if because I was just getting into Shantae because I bought the game digitally on my Switch. I'm playing it mm-hmm. digitally. I it's one of those games I definitely need to go back and finish because I actually really enjoyed it. Oh and yeah, then, yeah. And I have it. I played it on like my 3ds at first because it was on like the virtual store and then i got mm-hmm. into some of them yeah shantae series is great that's really cool you have that yeah and then i just went on like a shantae video game buying spree because mm-hmm. it was that and risky's revenge for the for the switch and they had like they called the best buy variant covers i drive to my local best buy and i ask them about it and they're like oh yeah we have like two copies left of each game i'm like sweet i will take those that's I awesome will- yeah, probably not the smartest purchase at the time, but I was hey, like, hey, 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 it's there. You do it. Yeah, you get it. You say fuck it. Like I wasn't planning to buy anything at Portland, and uh, I was walking around, and I just uh, what I was looking for was um, uh, the Days Gone collector set because mm-hmm. like when that game came out, it uh, it had a lot of problems with it, and I, like I love open world survival games, 
but uh, I played it like last year on Steam and it was all patched and it, it's amazing. I love the game. So I was looking around for the, uh, I just wanted the sculpt of like Deacon on the bike with the zombies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I see one guy has it and I'm talking to him and then I see the Streets of Rage 4 collector set, huge box one. And I'm like, you have got my attention on this now, sir. Like, so it was like $200 for it. Like, I don't even know how the hell I'm going to get this thing home. I actually had to go uh, to like a shipping place down the street from the convention and ship it back to my house in Philly. So, and I forgot that I did. It took like two weeks to get here. And then it just showed up like, oh, late birthday present from my past self. How do you like that? Hey, there you so, hey. Yeah, so it, it was 200 bucks. And it's totally worth it. I mean, I'm a Streets of Rage fanatic, actually, here. This is a one of one. Ooh, one of one? This was was made for me, actually, from a vendor at Portland. Made me this. It's here somewhere. Here it is. This is an embroidered denim vest. I might have been wearing it at the show. But, yeah, it's it's just like a regular denim vest. Yeah, his business partner runs an embroidery business and made this for me. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Give me me his information. I need (laughs) shit like that. His name's Rudy. Uh, He's a game vendor. He wasn't there at Portland this year. I was looking for him. He's a super nice guy. So shout out to Rudy and what uh, I can't remember his Instagram handle. But, uh, yeah, he – so what happened was, like, a few years ago I was selling at Portland – and he was like right behind me and he had like, I don't know, double dragon music on or something. And I turned around and like, yeah, crank that up. And then we just got to talking about brawlers the whole weekend. And he was awesome. And then uh, then this was that was 2018. And then 2019, he messaged me like on Instagram. He's like, hey, you at Portland? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I'm hanging out. He's like, yeah, I'll come to my booth. I'm like, all right, I was going to come by anyway. Say hi. He's like, I got something for you. And he just hands me this. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, man. Like, we just wanted to give you something. Like, you know, you're awesome. We love your art. Like, I, I, I was gonna give him money. I had like cash in hand. He's like, no, I'm not taking this. Like, well, thank you so much. That yeah, is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten. Oh, my heart. Yeah, yeah. Part of like our shtick with our band is wearing like denim vests and stuff. So uh-huh. the Streets of Rage denim vest is is with that yeah. is, is part of the band outfit. Uh-huh. That's too. I mean, you mentioned your band before, but I have one more question about your art. I want to ask. Sure, sure, we, sure. Whatever you want to jump in, because I do want to talk about your band real quick. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so earlier, you mentioned how you don't, you won't do anything from the PS3. Understandable. That's like very. That's high def. Um, now you you do sixteen bit art. You do eight bit art. What's the highest bit that you are willing to go if for? It's a piece pixelated. Of art? I mean, I've done. I've done. Uh, I've done Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but I have to okay. like severely scale it back because there's just mm-hmm. so much color in that i'm actually working on a an 1824 of what you know when you meet death at first and he takes all your weapons away mm-hmm. right in the beginning bitch. And, the bitch yeah 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 i was gonna do a painting of that uh so i'm still doing doing the layout for it uh symphony of the night is great i i never played that when it came out because like i i wasn't really that into it back then like the metroidvania idea Mm-hmm. But uh, recently, I got and I played it, and the game's amazing. So yeah, so like PlayStation, yeah, PS, PlayStation, Sega Saturn. I I could do like digitized graphics, and I could create pixel art from it. But just the mm-hmm. process from doing that is like insane because I got to mm-hmm. take like a screenshot and then build it into custom pixel art, which is incredibly time consuming process. Mm-hmm. It can take like you know maybe like like a hundred hours or something you're going to sink just into that before you even transpose it to a painting. Mm-hmm. So once I, cause I have people that ask me like, Oh, can you do this 
from the last of us or something like that. And like, you got at least five grand to start. We could talk <laughs> about it. So that, that's, <laughs> I, that's how much it, it costs for that. All right, so so you probably know, yeah, like, like the, the mid mid nineties, uh, Sony PlayStation, Sega Saturn era, or maybe depends if it's pixelated dreamcast, but mm. I, I'll, I'll say mid nineties is the, the latest. So essentially like the N64, that's like, that's it. Well, the N64 is polygonal based, so okay. that's different. But okay. I could create pixel art from that because polygonal shapes could translate mm-hmm. to pixel art. That That's already kind of skirting the edge there. Okay. But yeah, yeah, mid, mid-90s pixel-based stuff. Okay. And then, you know, obviously newer stuff, you know, you have like Shovel Knight, you know, that looks like an old retro throwback. That works too. I'm, yeah. I'm just talking about, you know, where, where the cutoff was for mainstream mm-hmm. games. So essentially, if it's made of pixels, you're good. If exactly. Not pixels, then, I, then exactly. Then we could do it. But even like the later ones, the later like I'm talking like PlayStation stuff like that. There's already a ton of work to do of recoloring, uh-huh. scaling down, redrawing because oh, yeah. the color palette was huge by that mm-hmm. point, and there's so much nuance of color in it. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah. I but mean, if, there's it, already- if it's pixelated, I I could make it work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Uh huh. That might, but there might be some ideas for things in my head. I'm not saying, Please, not, throw, not saying throw anything. my way. <laughs> so you talked about having a band. What uh-huh. is this band? Oh, so I played bass in the band called Rex Viper, uh, where a mashup of like rock and 80s music. Mostly we have some other songs that are not now or, but it's it, the, the thing is of just taking like music from like movies or well-known music and then mashing it up with video game music. That's, that's Ooh. our thing that we do. So Ooh. have you heard of our band? We're, we're recording I... our, our album. We've only played two shows. We've only played it at too many games in Philly twice. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it, we, we got started in like 2019 with this. And you're, you're familiar with like, you know, Cinemasker, angry video game nerd, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar. Okay. James Rolfe, the guy who does the ABGN series, he's he's the rhythm guitarist of the band. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like he wanted to play music for years. So like you know, it's just all these other like content creators. You're at like every con together. So everyone yeah. just, you know, we know each other. Like I've known James since I don't know, like 2010. We've been friends, just going from going to all these cons. And even before I was doing pixel art i played in like punk rock and hardcore bands and stuff like that nothing ever of note or anything you know never any bands that got really anywhere but uh you know i i played music for years and then you know he always mentioned too he's like oh besides you know doing games and game reviews like i play guitar and we always talk about oh wouldn't it be fun to play music so the way this came about in like 2019 uh me and him my partner nina and our friend rob we went to go see guar in portland and uh, we're after the show where like, I'm sitting at the bar with James and he's talking about this idea that he had for a band. And I'm like, fuck it. Why are we not doing this? And then like COVID hits and we started doing that. So it started with like me and him just like recording riffs and sending them back and forth. And then we got a whole bunch of other people involved. And now it's, it's a big six piece band. It started as a COVID project. And uh, yeah, it uh, it's kind of difficult, you know, because as being a COVID thing, our lead singer and our lead guitarist are from Toronto. So, oh. yeah, it's kind of hard for us yeah. to play shows together and uh, practice. But everybody is a very solid, talented musician. You know what everybody's going to bring to the band. So it uh, 
it, it worked out really well. We've we've played two shows so far. Uh, unfortunately, at our last one, our keyboard players, his keyboard died as we were going on stage. Yeah, because we didn't oh. get a sound check before, and we were all like oh. super pissed about it. Yeah, so we we had to make do with that. Yeah, but we're gonna make sure with the next one. We're gonna play too many games this year, hopefully, and uh, yeah, we'll have everything done. But we're working on a record right now. So in between uh, painting, I've been recording bass parts. That's that now that that is really cool how yeah because a lot, a lot of times when you hear stuff that is like oh we get got through covid we barely got through out of covid but the fact that you started this project in covid you have a record coming out and you've been playing shows that yeah is actually, it's, it's that's amazing like, I, that's an I, uplifting story because when you hear a lot of people say hey we have this project then covid hit and just fell apart it's like yeah well that kind of makes sense but hearing that your project started and yeah. thrived well that's it, a really good feel good story it is well it actually uh COVID gave us the time to start it because like, you know, all our schedules, you know, by then, cause it was Jesus. It was like right in the beginning. Our first song was like the mighty wings and Hadouken song, which it's mighty wings from Top Gun and Ken's theme from street fighter. Four songs on Spotify. Oh, They're thank like, God. I, yeah. Sorry, like, I'm going, I'm going straight to your Spotify and I'm like following and oh, checking please. these songs like, uh, on my thing. Keep in mind also, like, cause you know, people are like, oh, the mix doesn't sound that great. This doesn't sound that good. That doesn't sound that good. Like, yeah, we weren't able to like record in like a professional studio. We all recorded this like on our own time, you know, and the pieces were put together. So the recordings we have on there, we consider like glorified demos. Now we're getting it all studio recorded. So stuff in that we're going to work with the producer. So it'll sound a lot better. What's but, the name uh, of the band one more time? Rex Viper. Rex Viper. That's the most I don't know why, sounding name. I don't know why of. I was thinking I kept thinking Rex Raptors. Like, why am I thinking about the guy no. from Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> uh yeah, the, the name came from uh James created a character called Rex Viper Riggs for some truck game or something that he did a nerd episode of. And that was like a mascot that uh was like selling the game. I forgot what it was. It was in one of his nerd episodes. And then uh we we're throwing around ideas and one of someone mentioned like, yo, what about that Rex Viper character? Like, how about Rex Viper is just like this mystical character, you know, we'll do some like 80s action movie thing saying like we're some band who we're loading into like, you know, our practice space and these punks tried to jump us and this mystical guy called Rex Viper who was like the guardian of the streets like saved us. Yeah, so that's how we named the band. And like, all right, yeah, that's a cool idea. <laughs> let's let's do that. So that's where the name came from. Yeah, I yeah, I just, I found it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how the audio is good because I don't want to play it off my phone right now because I don't know how the audio is going to transfer uh -huh. very well. But the second you said Mighty Wings and Hadoukens, I freaking love the song Mighty Wings from. Oh Top hell Gun. yeah, that, as that's much as the song from Top Gun, everyone is, yeah. is like Danger Zone. Danger Zone rules, but. Mighty Wings. Mighty yeah, Wings. But, song. Mighty Wings. It's like yeah. you have Danger Zone, but Mighty Wings. Yeah. When when we recorded that, um, we didn't have like a solid keyboard player. Uh, our buddy Kieran, who uh who works for Cinemasker, he uh he would just noodle around playing like guitar. So he just he did like the Ken's theme in the song, and we didn't know what we were doing. So like the song doesn't have like the keys that you would expect, but now that like our, our keyboard player is, uh, have you ever heard of uh, the band Cheap Dinosaurs? Or I have not, sadly. Okay. The keyboard player, Dino, from that band. Dino is incredible and is our keyboard player. So I can't even wait to, to hear what they're going to bring to the band. Yeah, for the keys part. Oh. But uh, 
Yeah, so keep that in mind when you listen to the songs. That they're they they sound good for what they are, I guess, but they are like glorified demos. Yeah, but you are also making an album, and I could only assume this album is going to eventually pop up on Spotify eventually. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're planning to have like our own separate YouTube channel for it because like everything, the songs now are on Cinemassacre, but we want to keep it as like a separate project mm-hmm. thing. So we're mm-hmm. going to make our own channel for it, and then once once the album is out, we're We'll we'll have like new merch and all sorts of stuff. We're gonna have it. Uh, my idea is to have it on vinyl, and then also like have it on cassette too, and then have like a digital download code in there. But actually have the music on a cassette too. A lot of okay. bands do that, and it kind of fits with the '80s aesthetic to have have a cassette. So, how, quick little tangent. How uh-huh. awesome is it that things like vinyl and cassettes are coming back? Oh, it's great. I love it. I love it. I have uh, yeah, um, my my friends. Uh, this guy Matt, he goes by Watch Out for Snakes. I have uh, his tape up there. And uh, you ever heard of Cybertronic Spree? They're from I don't uh, I have. Canada. I don't. Oh, they're amazing. They dress up like the Transformers and they play the music from the Transformers movie from 1986. Oh. They just played at Magfest. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, they're oh. amazing. They're amazing. I, I got lucky to see Stan Bush live once. Oh wow, was, really? It was at Universal Studios in Hollywood for a big. It was right before the um, Transformers. Um, Age of Extinction. It was right before Age of Extinction came out. Uh-huh. And me and my co-host on the main channel, Fake Nerd Podcast, he called me up. He was like, hey, you want to go to this Transformers thing at Universal? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, and I was like, so <laughs> what's, awesome. what's going He's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, there's going to be artists there. But the, the main takeaway is Stan Bush is going to play live. I'm like, Stan Bush? Because I finally knew who Stan Bush was. And uh-huh. we, just, we went and it was awesome. Oh, like I... Like I grew up watching the Transformers movie, so like the touch and dare. My my parents have home video of me like singing along, watching the Transformers movie, playing with my Transformers. Like the oh. the '86 Transformers movie is like probably in like my top ten of all time. But we we cover the touch. Oh yeah, yeah. That... We, we mash it up with uh, double the uh, double dragon from uh-huh. uh, NES. You know, like the title theme in Mission One. And then the outro for the touch is um, the DuckTales moon theme. So we played it live. We have a basic idea for a music video and we're, we're still in the process of recording that one. So we're, we're getting like the bass drum, you know, the drums and the guitar. I still have to record the bass for that one, but yeah, I got one. That was one song. Like we, we had to do my one stipulation for that is like when the guitars come back in and that really heavy guitar hit, we gotta emphasize the fuck out of that right before nice. the big yeah, yeah. So oh, we're cool. we're doing that. I think you enjoy this because my because uh, once again Brandon, the same guy I went to the I went to see Stan Bush with. He got me for this for Christmas a while ago, and it's a little oh fucking the reaction figure. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's a dead Optimus Prime. <laughs> it's after he dies in the eighty six transfer. Even says fallen hero Optimus Prime yeah. on it. <sighs> I, I cried many times watching that. That really was one of the saddest things. But then you get one of the coolest scenes ever right after that with Megatron and like the rest of his, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the, the Starscream and Thundercracker and all of that, yeah. you know, meeting up with Unicron and him changing them into the new, the new guys, the new toys to be sold pretty much. Yeah, the new toys. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you because my brother rented Transformers at a local video store way back and when we were watching this movie, because, you know, we're, we're little kids and we know of Transformers. We love Transformers. Uh-huh. 
or at least he loves Transformers. I know I, really I should apologize for what I said that it was not Starscream because Starscream betrayed him. It was Skywarp and Thundercracker that was thrown out to meet yeah. up because someone I'm sure is complaining right now. Like <laughs> this motherfucker said it was his favorite movie and he's saying Starscream. No, Starscream's a bitch. He got uh, what he deserves. Yeah. Anyway, I <laughs> it's weird. I hate Starscream, but I also I kind of like Starscream at a lot of times. It's but. funny. It's just you know, it's it's the same voice as Cobra Commander. It's the same guy. It's literally <laughs> the same voice. What a bad Starscream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so when we got to the scene and when Optimus dies, my brother and I were so we didn't we the first time we watched this movie, we mm-hmm. stopped it because we were upset. Oh yeah, legit upset. Yeah, like we were angry that Optimus died. Optimus was our favorite. We loved Optimus Prime. Oh yeah, of course, he's the hero. And the fact that he dies, I was so mad. And then years later, and then like a few other times we watch it, we're like, okay. But I will not lie. The second one, Hot Rod takes the Matrix and you hear, Arise, Rodimus Prime. Prime. Oh, yeah. It's just like, Optimus is still there. Yeah, I, I have a, a small figure. I don't know what series it was from, but it, it's it's right when he becomes Rodimus is opening the Matrix. It's a small figure of that. I have it in my basement somewhere and I would just keep it on my desk. But uh, like, even though, yeah, Hot Rod was the one that got Optimus Prime killed by, you know, being a punk. But yeah. uh, I I love Hot Rod. I fucking love him. Hot Rod, like, I took really good care of my toys. Hot Rod was the one Transformer I broke from transforming him too much because he had to twist <sighs> the top and yeah. popped off. Yeah, that was like uh, that That and Casey Jones for Ninja Turtles. Those the only two toys I ever broke. Oh, I no. Much. Yeah, Casey uh, Jones' leg broke off because I played with him too much. Nah, well, yeah. I, you know, but you know what? It was he that he was you were doing what he was made for to play with exactly and it was and it was not out of malice it was out of love it was it was I actually so, I, I don't I don't I, I collect toys but uh tra- all Transformers are just like uh I I don't even want to get into that because it's so expensive but I would like to have like a complete original hot rod I think they go for like I don't know seventy eighty bucks yeah, but yeah that, that's one thing I want in the collection yeah I had a lot of tra- our Transformers Armada toys that I. I mean, at one point in time, I was just getting trying to get rid of stuff. A uh-huh. lot of my old Gundams, I got rid of. Well, it didn't get rid of, but my dad and his wife, when they moved to Texas, they brought they brought they took those ties, brought it with them, so that way the grandkids could have toys to play with when they would visit. Were they like the models, the model kits? Is that what you had for the Gundams? My brother uh, was more into that. Oh no, I I didn't have. The, I had like two model kits, but they weren't that. It was the Burning Gundam and Bolt Gundam. But um, oh, I don't. I'm not really familiar with it. I I remember. Oh. <laughs> My my brother's four years younger than me, and uh, he was really into it. There was uh, even in like the late '90s, there was this one. There was uh, this mall we would go to that had like an import shop, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was like '99, so you could still get like stuff like that in malls. And he mm-hmm. would get um, the the Gundam kits. Like they were, all, it was all in Japanese. Yeah, so it was really yeah, it was the model kits he was getting back then. Yeah, uh, but no, it, it, they were model kits. They were like actual action figures that Bandai oh, cool. would produce. So like, oh, they were, right. yeah, they were made to be played with. They, I mean, uh-huh. they still had small parts because it was it's Bandai, it's Mobile Suit Gundam. They're tiny. Yep. But for me, because some because I was a kid, I was watching Gundam whenever I could on a Cartoon Network. So I'm like, ooh, I go to my K. My store was my local Kmart. Mm-hmm. I would go to Kmart and I would just like look at the Gundam toys and then pick whatever new ones they got and uh-huh. then just go back home. And Toys R Us, I found out had a bigger selection, but I never went back there. I only went there once. Uh huh. Yeah, Toys R Us, I miss. I just miss having a big box toy store. Uh, actually, like Walmart yeah. and Target have actually 
stepped it up. It depends like in your area. Cause I've heard like some targets are pretty bad, but there's one near me. That's actually really, really good for finding like NECA figures or I'm a huge, huge GI Joe guy. And I've been collecting uh, the GI Joe classified line and I've been Ooh. finding stuff there. Yeah. They're like, like, you know, like the star Wars black series, the six inch, mm-hmm. the GI yeah. Joe classified are like, the equivalent of the star Wars black series. They're, they're pretty much, they, they look like the original like eighties counterpart with like slight modern upgrades to them, but they mm-hmm. still look exactly like them. And for a six inch figure, they, they retail for like 25 bucks. They come with a ton of accessories. The molds are perfect on them. So they're, yeah. they're great. That's the one series I've been collecting. I have like a whole shelf full of them right here. And like on like uh, like on top of this right here, I have a whole bunch of new ones because I've run out of space. <laughs> no, I t- like I have like they come out with like new Gundams that are uh, a different type of plastic, but they're uh-huh. they're pre-assembled. They're not like the the models that you can get. Like because I would love to try to build the models. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the time and also the money and the patience. Yeah, and, and <laughs> even, all like, things were in three the short yeah. supply of these days. Yeah, and even when it comes to like other like you said Transformers. Uh, speaking of transformers this is like one of my favorite transformers that i have right now oh, um awesome. gigawatt uh-huh. uh, my brand gave it to this movie for my birthday the other a uh, few years ago cool because i back to the future one of my all-time favorite movies and the fact that they made a transformer oh, he transforms into delorean i saw yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah he transforms into delorean i'm like that is so rad i uh-huh. want him so speaking of back to the future uh the second song we did with rex viper it's power of love and the Back to the Future theme is mashed up in it, and the NES music, you know, the because that riff is the riff of Power of Love. So we have like a metal like interlude of that in there too. I just oh. re-recorded that one the other day. That that the bass part, the fast part, is tough to play on bass. The oh, I, notes. But, I uh, bet. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So please, please, please give that a listen. Or, I am again, going to enjo- enjoy listening to these. So. Yeah, uh, we're coming up on time, but right sure, before sure. you go, you mentioned that you were in Philadelphia. Uh huh. At the time of this recording, a certain game is happening in less than twenty-four hours. That's right. I forgot about that, and then I walked around the corner to like to get breakfast this morning, and uh, all the people working there they have like green face paint on. It's like that's right. There is a thing going on because I'm not a sports guy okay. whatsoever. But yes, there is a thing going on. All right, because I was about to ask you if you were, because I was nah, going to say, sorry. if you are a sports guy, I was going to say go Eagles, because I'm a, a Las Vegas Raiders fan, and one of our arch rivals, the Chiefs, are in the, the Super Bowl again. Wait, the and... Raiders are Las Vegas? I thought they were Los Angeles. Nah, they we're in Vegas now. When did that happen? Uh, a few years ago. We were, All right. in Oak- yeah, we were in Oakland, went to LA, went back to Oakland, then went to Vegas. Because the Chargers decided to move up from San Diego to to L.A. Okay, yeah. Because all I knew about the Raiders was uh, like Tecmo Super Bowl. They were good because of Bo Jackson. And that's literally yeah. like that's my – I <laughs> Ben, I am 41 years old. I don't know all the rules to football. I really that, don't. I don't. I, I, don't I don't understand all the rules. I don't. It's It's fine. It's just not, it was never, ever my thing. I had a, I was into basketball when I was like in the early nineties, like, you know, the era of like Michael Jordan and all that space jam. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It that's how great. I got, that's how I got into basketball is because of space jam. It introduced a lot of people into it. So yeah, I basket, I, I would, I, if I had time, I would love to get back into basketball, but football, I, that was never, 
never was into it. Uh, my neighbor across the street has a massive Eagles flag. Uh-huh. My, my brother lives in Philly also. And we have both, like when he got here, he's like, I have never, and we're both from New York too. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we're both like, I've never seen a city more dedicated to a sports team. I mean, Philly is nuts about the Phillies and the Flyers too, but of how crazy they are about the Eagles, I have never seen a more dedicated city to a team. So like when they won the Philly, the Eagles won a couple of years ago. They did. And uh, I was playing, you know, we we're playing, playing games. And I just, we had the win. Uh, I don't know. We just heard from outside like, whoa, like everybody just yelling. And we're like, and we look at each other and we're like, oh, I guess they won. And then like <laughs> people are out dancing in the street and going crazy. I mean, we, the area of Philly that we live in is, there's an area that's coming up and there's an area that's kind of nuts. That's Philadelphia uh, for it. I mean, Philly's a crazy city anyway. Uh, I could already tell you if the, if the Eagles win tomorrow, it's going to be bananas out here. Like, the 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 greased up poles and people going crazy that's in center city that's like 10 minutes from where i live i don't live in that area but uh our neighborhood will still still be pretty crazy you'll you you'll because i don't i unfortunately my tv situation because i probably won't be able to watch the game because i don't have the the fox streaming service i have uh-huh. the other services except for for fox so i probably won't be able to watch the game which i'll just I got. I was gonna watch it for the commercials anyway, for the trailers, but those will yeah, pop up online yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'll probably be like, "Oh, I'll just play Song Frontiers or play Final Fantasy. You know, just relax and enjoy my day before I have to record the podcast." Uh-huh. But I can only imagine you could just be like doing, like maybe working on a painting, and then you hear this, "Yeah!" and then you mess a line, and you go, <laughs> "Because of the a- Eagles win, it's gonna screw up my <laughs> because the Eagles it won. Might. You sc- they just it's this huge cacophony of sound, and you screw up a brushstroke, and you go." Son of a, you're like God Son damn it, bitch. Those Eagles owe me that multi-billion-dollar team. Better buy this painting. <laughs> <laughs> I generally, I try. I mean, I being an independent artist, I literally, if I'm not doing anything, I do work every day. After after we do this, there's the there's this like Japanese like food market that's opening up in Philly. They're doing like a grand opening today, so we're gonna go to oh. that. It's, yeah, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. But oh, um, wow, yeah, yeah. But uh, if I wasn't doing that, I would probably be painting. Actually, yeah. I I uh, I will admit you weren't the only one that screwed up on time for uh, the podcast. Uh, I saw that there was a, a toy show in New Jersey today. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and I've been wanting to go to one, you know, because like there, there's a bunch of GI Joes, like from the older ones I'm looking for. And uh, I'm mentioning like, oh crap, like I'm getting up in the morning. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I have to like check my calendar. I'm like, oh god, it's a good thing I looked because. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was like an uh, it was like right in the middle of the day. Like, I'm glad I'm glad I looked. Yeah. All right. I mean, honestly, if you said, "Hey, I messed up. I'm at a toy no, show." No, no, I, I would, I would have not been up. I would, I would not have been upset. I no, would not I, have been upset. I, I, come on, we talked about this like two weeks ago, and I promised you we would do this. So of course, <laughs> well, of course, I, but, I, well, as uh, on that note, I will finish up so you can get to that toy show real quick. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. It's an hour away. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to. But we are going to go check out the that that whole that big Japanese market that's opening. It, it looks I'm, really cool. We're going to have some friends that are going to come with us too. That'll be uh, fun. Even, even better. You get to get yep. some food. Exactly. Right. So, Adam, thank you, dude. Seriously, thank you so much for coming. Oh, absolutely. On. Of course. This, this has been an absolute. On. 
this has been an absolute blast. You have an open invite if you want to come back on the show. Sure, sure. Uh, you could always just let me know if you need, you want somebody to come on, we'll shoot the shit about something. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So where can people find you on the internet? You can find me mainly on Twitter and Instagram at Square Painter. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel I haven't uploaded in years where I did time-lapse videos of stuff. So if you, you're interested in looking that up, I do have a Square Painter YouTube channel. But, you know, like I said, the probably like 2019 is the last time I really uploaded videos. So yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, that's where all my art is uploaded. As soon as it's done, photographed, it's on there. I do have a Shopify link on there for anything that is available. If you'd like a commission, please shoot me a DM on either of said platforms. I constantly check messages on there for that. Mm-hmm. So we can discuss something, figure it out. And uh, yeah, please uh, give, I mean, if you haven't already subscribe to Cinemassacre, I mean, they're a huge channel anyway, but all the Rex Viper stuff is on there and uh, give Rex. Yes, there you go. Got to have, got to have that goofball face front and center in the thumbnail. I, 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 uh, all your listeners, I just pulled up uh, Rex Viper on Spotify, and they got Mighty Wings, Nintendo Power of Love, Hearts on Fire, I Have the Time. I Have the Time. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to love this. Actually, it's, we were it's, talking uh, it's a heavier, like, metalish version. Oh, fuck yeah. I love the, it. The, yeah. Uh, this was a oh, gag gifts. I have the yeah. Sonic 3 handheld. Yeah. I have it. The, yeah, these yeah. were gag gifts when Tiger re released these. Yeah. Because I had I also have the X-Men one as well. But yeah, uh, my friends, because my friends call me nostalgia's bitch on like, uh on fake nerds. Oh that one. And yeah, so I have uh yeah, I used to have a bunch of Tiger Electronics games when I was younger, and then I got rid of them, and of course, when they re-released them, I got three more. Is oh hell yeah, Sonic 3 Bros. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Damn, there we go. Do you have batteries in yours? I didn't keep batteries in mine. No, 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 no. We bought this at GameStop for like, it was on sale for like seven bucks. We're like, "Eh, fuck it, why not? (laughs) I I, People would talk about like nostalgia for those Tiger handhelds. Man, those systems fucking sucked. I hated (sighs) them back then. They were the worst. It was garbage. But anyway, the, uh, so the, the video for, um, uh, for the Tiger electronics thing, it's, uh, it's a Game Boy and like a Tiger handheld fighting. So my partner Nina actually made puppets of a Game Boy and a handheld and like shot them on a green screen. Oh, at like of them like punching each other. So it was it was actually it was um it was me and my keyboardist Dino and we we're at James. We we're at Rolf's place like practicing and someone else was there. I can't remember who. Anyway, we're like in his studio in like the green room, just like playing with these things, making them beat the crap out of each other for the video. <laughs> no, it's funny. It was funny. James had a whole idea for it. So that that's what uh Eye of the Tiger Electronics is about. Is oh. about the Game Boy and the Tiger Electronics thing fighting. And uh it, that song is actually um it's mashed up with uh the Dr. Wiley theme from Mega Man 2. Even better. Yeah, Even better. Yeah, yeah. I love that, that um, name. I love our, that our lead, our lead guitarist, uh, James Ronald. He goes by Epic Game Music. Everybody go sub, sub to Epic Game Music and follow him on Twitch. Meme Mansion. He's hilarious. But James Ronald is like, he he is so fucking talented. He is the one that will come up with like the basic ideas for arrangements. Like, hey, this song will work well with this song. Let's do this, and he'll put together like a basic MIDI file. So he just. He threw that together because I had an idea for Dr. Wiley's theme for a different song. I wanted to mash it up with an ACDC track. 
And he sent me, I remember like I was in the car and he, and he sent, he's like, yeah, I got an email. Like, Hey, he sent the MIDI file. And I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding? This goes together so well. Yeah. yeah. So please, please give me a listen. Don't you just love it when things like that just like they come together. Yeah. So uh, for those four songs also on Cinemassacre, if you watch them on there, we do have music videos for them, too. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. So the uh, actually all of those we generally had to film by ourselves because they were it was covid. So it was like, yeah, like super infection time. We all had to do it separately. And then James just put it all together. Still, all right but yeah anyways go check that out go Please. check adam out his art is truly amazing Thank and you. i'm still mad at myself that i wasn't able to buy a painting from you in portland i'm still well, angry about that everything is available on my shop so if there's anything that you like this i have plenty of pieces there uh Bro. i will probably be at portland again this year i still have to figure out uh travel arrangements for that but yeah uh if you're coming out east coast i'll be at too many games in uh in june at that all right. Well, if yeah. I do head if I do head out there, cool. But uh, as as far as I know, because Portland was the only um, out of state convention I've ever been to, uh-huh. and even then, that was a bit of a stretch for me to go. So you said you're from Arizona? No, California. Oh, you're from California. All right. Have you been to yeah. like the San Diego? I know my buddy's Patney, and you know they do CU podcast. They always go to the yep. San Diego one. Yeah, oh, San yeah. Diego Comic Con. No, no, there's the San Diego Retro Gaming Expo or something. I did not know that existed. I'm gonna yeah, that yeah. There's a San Diego retro, um, and then there's uh, the other one, the Game On in um, in Arizona in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, I've been to have been to Game On because we do have a convention here in Southern California called um, SoCal Gaming. That's so what have- I'm talking about. SoCal Gaming, not the San Diego oh, one. It's SoCal oh, yeah. Retro Gaming. That's what oh, I was. That thinking. one. I, oh yeah, that one I go to. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. Right yeah. in my backyard. Yeah, because Pat and Ian are always like come out to this one. Like we we would like to. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was got to meet Pat. And he, uh, I got to They're meet great Pat twice. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've known I've known them forever. I I was uh back in the days of uh of websites. I was part of Retroware TV for a while. So yeah, okay. so I've known I've known all those guys for forever. Nice. Well, yeah. if you ever come out to California, let me know. Oh, I'd love to. I would love to. But yeah, anyways, go check out Adam's stuff. The Square Painter, Instagram, Twitter, of course, uh, Rex Viper, Spotify, YouTube <laughs> on the Cinemasker site. I'm missing anything? We good? I think we're Never good. Missed. We're good. Awesome. And of course, you can follow me on the internet, Ben Magna 27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Fake Nerd Podcast. That's the main show. Fake Nerd, uh, pot, fake nerd Podcast.com. That's the hub for everything. Once again, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. It has been an absolute blast. And I can't wait to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be great to see you again. Hopefully at Portland. Hopefully, hopefully at Portland or hopefully at a different convention. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, until next time, unpause. <laughs>